Thank you for joining us for the third Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference Call of 2013. I am Monique Farmer and I will moderate today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. Mr. Doug Cluck with NOAA Central Region Climate Services out of Kansas City, Missouri. We'll talk about the one-month and three-month precipitation and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Kevin Lau with the National Weather Services Missouri Basin River Forecast Center will talk about the latest potential for flooding along the Missouri River Basin this spring. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, and her staff will provide an update on the current reservoir operations, the core runoff forecast for 2013, and the long-term reservoir release schedule. And then we will take questions by state. We use a forced mute function during this call. To unmute your line during the call, please enter star six. This function does not work on all cell phones, so please be aware if the mute function does not work on your cell phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. I would now like to start with a roll call for this afternoon's speakers. Doug Cluck, are you on the line? And it's star six to come off mute. Yes, I'm on the call. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Kevin Lau, are you on? Hi, Monique. I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, then I, I just want to find out if John Bertino is on the line in case we get questions on the flow test at Gavin's Point today. And it's star six, John, if you are. Hey, Monique. I'm here. Thanks, John. You bet. Okay, just a reminder that the press kits with bios and Missouri River Basin information as well as historical data can be found in your media advisory and or downloaded from our website. The slides from Doug Cluck's presentation today can be found near the back of that press kit. They start on slide 16. We will now begin with Doug Cluck from NOAA Central Region Climate Services out of Kansas City, Missouri. Doug will talk about the one-month and three-month precipitation and temperature outlooks from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm, I noted that I had one bad slide in here, and I'll, I'll tell you when we get to it, because um, I accidentally inserted the wrong snow precip slide for the West. So when we get there, I'll let you know, and maybe we can send out an updated version that uh, is correct. Um, there is a view of the Missouri Basin as a whole and what what stations are in flood and which stations are not in flood is pretty much all that shows you on that very first slide. Uh, you'll notice that um, way down in the, the lower part of the basin we do have some high flows, mostly from uh, snow melt and some precipitation lately. Um, um, next slide. Uh, some of the key points that I'd like to point out is uh, there's obviously more more snow uh, that has fallen generally in the plains part of uh, of the basin this year. Um, nothing like 2011, where we had a lot more snow, and 2012, where we ba barely had any snow, but somewhere in between, uh, closer to normal. But um, um, as you'll see, it's sort of spotty. Uh, mountain snows are, um, uh, and that should read, near normal north uh, with somewhat less snowpack to the south. Um, some, improvements, uh, uh, some improvements have been seen or at least kept up with uh, 
uh, uh, uh, current uh, um, averages in the south. Slightly above normal temperatures for the winter were realized, and precipitation, again, as you'll see, again, for the winter has been a pretty hit and miss across, uh, across the, the basin. Soils remain very dry in much of the basin, and that's something that we'll have to contend with uh, no matter what happens the rest of the year. Uh, in terms of predictions, better chances of cooler than normal temperatures in the northern uh, portions of the basin through March. I think we're reading those as we speak. And then better chances of warmer than normal spring uh, once we get into April and May. Uh, no strong indications, uh, unfortunately, and no strong indications of where the precipitation is going to go, whether it's going to be uh, above, below, or near, near normal. Um, and the caveat on the bottom is that there simply are no strong climate uh, signals that we can latch onto that would help us in this regard. Um, the next slide is a soil moisture, modeled soil moisture um, depiction. Uh, basically shows that, yeah, uh, much of the soils, oh, I'd say east and south, mainly of, uh, of North Dakota and um, Montana, uh, remain pretty darn dry, and it's going to take quite a bit. Now that the soils have started warming up a little bit, uh, some of that water can percolate down into them uh, better than they were when they were frozen up. So. Uh, it, it is from now on that we can re actually start recharging that soil a little better in mo much of the region. Next slide. This is the slide that I changed. Uh, I was comparing two different things on the slide that you have, and I apologize for that. Uh, you'll have to take my description um, <laughs> instead of looking at uh, what, what I have uh, in the slide deck there. Um, basically, uh, what, it, what it would show you, if you could see what I updated it with, uh, is that we are near to slightly below normal in terms of snow water equivalent in the upper basin. And as you go down into the Platte River Basin and in places south in Wyoming and Colorado, you'd see uh, um, percentages in the, in mainly in the 70% of normal. Whereas north of that area, you see your percentages from 90 to near 100%, so near near normal. Uh, as compared to January uh, on the right, uh, just a comparison. That is correct, by the way. That's the way it looked January 3rd. Next slide. Um, this is the current as of well as of March 11th. The uh, uh, snow uh, snow water depiction. Snow, snow water equivalent depiction across the basin. Um, and I also threw in there, just for interest, what the flight lines are. There is, a, there is actually a, an airplane that flies over uh, and, and gathers information on how much snowpack they, uh, they see down below it based on how much gamma radiation is coming out of the Earth. It actually works pretty well. But as you can see there, uh, the snow is confined to mainly, I would say, north of the river as a whole and is not of huge consequence, but it is, um, it is, it is there and, um, and across uh, Nebraska and Kansas there is a, somewhat of a snowpack there too. Uh, none of that will last very long, I'm sure. The next slide shows the percent of normal precipitation uh, for the Plains uh, and uh, uh, Missouri Basin as a whole. You can see where you see the deep purples and, uh, and really greens. 
uh, th those places are at average or above. But you can also see some pretty large areas, especially in, uh, I guess you would say, the high, the high plains that uh, were, were sort of short on precipitation over, over the winter. Now, understand that winter isn't a huge precipitation uh, as far as annual precipitation. It's not a huge part of the annual precipitation in these regions, but uh, especially in the plains. But um, uh, anything helps when you're in a drought. So you do want to see above normal uh, precipitation, and we just didn't see that in eastern Colorado, at Wyoming, and uh, portions of north and uh, south Dakota this winter. Next slide, uh, departure from normal temperatures for the same period, basically the winter. You see generally that the temperatures are slightly above normal, but not, not, not immensely enough above normal or below normal, a little bit below normal as you get sort of west and south. Next slide are the climate outlooks, and go to the next slide, and then we can see the, uh, the days 8 through 14, in other words, March 19th through the 25th, temperature and precipitation outlooks. Uh, on the left, precipitation, uh, we're calling for uh, ch chances of below normal temperatures are much higher, which fits into the monthly forecast well. And on the right, you can see that chances for above normal precipitation pretty much skirts the Missouri Basin, but perhaps a little bit of the Missouri Basin has better chances for above normal precipitation that week. On the next slide, you'll see that there really is, in terms of temperature, you see that what I mentioned earlier is chances for below normal temperatures are a little bit higher for the month of March, and then uh, precipitation is really uh, up for grabs, so to speak. Uh, next slide, the three-month temperature and precipitation probabilities, March, April, and May. Uh, you see a teeny bit of uh, below normal temperatures, perhaps uh, chances poking into uh, 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 western um, Montana, but for mainly the lower part of the basin, above normal uh, probabilities for temperature. Um, so if March is going to be cool, you can imagine that April and May are slated to be uh, warmer than average if this, if this holds true. And then back to uh, precipitation, really, uh, I guess, portions of Wyoming, Colorado, uh, western Kansas, and uh, Nebraska are the only places that are showing much in terms of uh, not being equal chances. And they're showing below, their chances of below normal precipitation are higher than normal. Next slide, maybe the final slide, is the U.S. Drought Monitor, which we all know about shows that there's still a very large part of the Missouri Basin in um, D4 or worst case scenario uh, drought. And then uh, the drought outlook, which was updated March 7th, so not too long ago, does show uh, the potential for uh, improvement uh, from uh, basically from March 7th through the end of May. So if we get regular rain, in other words, average rains and such, we do anticipate uh, a slight improvement to the drought or potential improvement to the drought in that hatched area, that green and brown area. Um, again, uh, we don't show a lot of skill in predicting that, but if we just got climatological average rainfall, which is substantial, by the way, through the end of May, um, normally it's substantial, uh, we would see some improvement to the drought, but it would not get rid of drought by any means. Uh, too much to make up for with the soil as dry as it is.
And I believe that's all, except I'll note on the final slide there our monthly webinar coming up next week that you may want to uh, tune into that will continue the conversation that we're having today in terms of climate. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. We will now hear from Kevin Lau with the National Weather Services Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. Kevin will talk about the latest potential outlook for flooding along the Missouri River Basin this spring. Thank you, Monique. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thanks. Stream flow projections for the National Weather Service continue to indicate lower than normal chances for significant flooding across much of the Missouri River Basin in 2013. That does not mean that the chance of flooding is non-existent. Rains drive spring flooding in the lower basin, and as recently as this past weekend, we have experienced minor and even moderate flooding in the state of Missouri as a, as a result of rain on snow. This past weekend, we also had flooding in the Little Sioux and the Big Sioux basins in Iowa, also, again, due to rain on snow and probably aggravated by ice in the rivers. The Missouri River from Jefferson City to the mouth at St. Louis is also running high, although below flood stage. At all locations, with the possible exception of Gasconade, uh, where it is estimated uh, that the uh, station at Gasconade is above flood stage at this time. Again, springtime flooding is typical in the lower one-third of the basin, and so this is not unexpected. As stated in last month's briefing, flooding due to ice jams has already occurred along the Loop and the North Platte Rivers, and the threat of ice jam flooding will continue through early spring. Snowpack conditions in the mountains can generally be categorized as below normal, the exception being the Platte River system, where both the North and South Platte headwater snowpack is well below average for this time of year. By this point in the winter, we have normally accumulated approximately 80% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountains. The March water supply forecast developed by the Natural Resources Conservation Service in collaboration with the National Weather Service was issued yesterday. The March water supply forecast projects slightly below normal stream flow volumes for the Milk Basin and below normal volumes in the Missouri River above Fort Peck and the Yellowstone Basins. Projections for the Platte system indicate well below average volumes for the 2013 snow runoff season. Long-range river outlooks produced by the National Weather Service indicate an overall decreased risk of significant flooding due to mountain snowmelt in 2013. The only exception to that being the Plains region of the Milk Basin where the flood risk appears to be about normal. As is the case in the mountains, there also appears to be a diminished risk for significant flooding due to plains snowmelt. Plain snow is limited primarily, as Doug said, to the northern and eastern boundaries of the basin, the James River Basin, the Big Sioux, and as mentioned earlier, the plains area of the Milk River Basin all have appreciable snow cover. National Weather Service projections indicate the possibility of minor flooding in the Milk and the Big Sioux basins over the course of the spring, and of course in the lower portion of the basin as was experienced this past weekend. This concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will now provide us with an update of current reservoir operations. 
Thank you, Monique, and thank you everyone for joining us on this Missouri Basin Outlook conference call. Flood control remains a primary consideration as we move into the 2013 runoff season, despite growing concerns about the impacts of drought on the basin's resources. Floods can and will occur even during periods of sustained drought, particularly during periods of freeze-in or ice-out along the river, and as a result of spring and summer thunderstorms below the reservoir system. <clears throat> as Kevin mentioned, we were reminded of this last weekend when a localized rainfall event occurred in the lower basin and resulted in significant stage increases along the river in Missouri and western Iowa, with several locations approaching flood stage. Our real-time regulation of the reservoir system is done using the best available hydrologic and climatic information and is adjusted to respond to changing conditions on the ground. Each month, and more frequently if needed, we produce updated runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts. Late last week, we posted the March runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts on our website, and this morning we put out a press release which presented much of the same information that we're discussing on this call today. Now I'll ask two of the senior engineers in my office to describe these studies in more detail. We'll begin with Kevin Stom, who will discuss the updated 2013 runoff forecast, and he'll be followed by Joel Konopchinski, who will discuss the re planned regulation of the reservoir system based on that runoff forecast. Go ahead, Kevin. Thank you, Jody. Uh, just quickly as a, uh, or in review, the current drought conditions um, as described by the National Drought Mitigation Center, place the Upper Missouri River Basin extending southward from southern Montana and southern North Dakota in severe to exceptional drought. And the drought outlook is currently forecasting some improvement in Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Nebraska with drought persistence in Wyoming. With that in mind, as of March 1st, we are forecasting 20 million acre-feet of runoff above Sioux City, which is 81% of normal. This is a slight increase of 0.1 million acre-feet from the February forecast. A number of factors were considered in determining this runoff forecast, including current drought conditions, soil moisture conditions, plain snowpack, mountain snowpack, and the Climate Prediction Center's long-range climate outlook. The mountain snowpack increased slightly since last month and was 93% of average for the headwater basin above Fort Peck while it was 86% of average for the Garrison Subbasin. With regard to plain snowpack, the upper basin is about 50% snow covered with the majority of the snow located north and east of the Missouri River. In snow covered areas, snow water equivalents range from about 1 to 3 inches. The Climate Prediction Center's outlook indicates cooler than normal to normal conditions throughout the majority of the upper basin through May. Precipitation may vary from equal chances for above normal, normal, or below normal precipitation to slightly below normal chances through May. From June to August, temperatures are likely to be above normal with equal chances for precipitation. And finally, the El Nino Southern Oscillation is currently in a neutral phase and is expected to persist into the spring of 2013. Determination of the navigation service level is based on the March 15th storage check. In order to meet the April 1 navigation season opening date at the mouth of the Missouri River, releases from Gavin's Point Dam will be increased beginning on March 18th at 3,000 cubic feet per second per day. By March 21st, Gavin's Point will be releasing at a rate to provide navigation flow support near the minimum service level based on the runoff forecast and reservoir regulation studies which Joel 
uh, we'll cover during this call. The releases from Gavin's Point will also depend on stream flow conditions in the Missouri River Basin downstream of Gavin's Point. So in summary, although there has been some improvement in the runoff forecast due to a slight increase in mountain snowpack, the runoff forecast is 20 million acre feet or 81% of normal for 2013. This forecast will be updated on a monthly basis or if changing conditions warrant an updated forecast. This concludes the runoff forecast summary. Thank you. Now Joe will talk about the reservoir regulation study. Thank you, Jody. On March 1st, which is typically near the start of the runoff season, system storage was 48.3 million acre feet. This means that the reservoir system basically started the runoff season 8.5 million acre feet below the top of the carryover multiple use zone. The carryover multiple use zone is designed so that the system provides service to the congressionally authorized purposes, though at a reduced level through a long-term drought. Gavin's Point releases. Releases from Gavin's Point remain at 14,000 CFS. As Kevin noted earlier, releases will be stepped up beginning on March 18th to provide flow support for the 2013 navigation season. The navigation season will open on April 1st at the mouth near St. Louis. The monthly simulations or studies, these studies utilize the three different runoff conditions that Kevin just discussed. Again, they are the basic runoff forecast along with the lower and upper basic runoff forecast. The simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. The navigation service level and season length. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is based on the March 15th system storage. The March 1st basic simulation showed that we would be providing minimum service flow support to navigation for the first part of the navigation season. We are now within a few days of the March 15th storage check, and it is very likely that the flow support for navigation will be at, a minim will be at minimum service level. Flows for this level of service are designed to provide an eight foot deep by 200 feet wide navigation channel and will require Gavin's Point monthly average releases ranging from approximately 20,000 to 28,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be near minimum service and the navigation season would be shortened four days. If the drought deepens, the navigation season could be shortened by as much as 27 days. Spring pulses from Gavin's Point Dam. The March and May spring pulses will not be implemented in 2013. The Corps and the Fish and Wildlife Service have agreed to forego the spring pulses this year while we work to implement the recommendations of the Independent Science Advisory Panel. Energy generation at the main stem dams. The forecast for 2013 energy generation, again with the basic simulation, is 7.9 billion kilowatt hours. With normal reservoir levels and releases, we would expect approximately 10 billion kilowatt hours. And with that, I am finished. Thank you, Joel. So in summary, we're beginning this runoff season with the reservoirs drawn down significantly due to the drought, and as a result, we're implementing measures to conserve water in the mainstream reservoir system, including reduced service to navigation this year. 
Other potential conservation measures that may be implemented this summer include not supporting navigation targets in reaches without commercial navigation, use of the Kansas Basin Reservoirs for navigation support, and cycling Gavin's Point releases during the endangered species nesting season. The risk of snowmelt-driven flooding is low this year, but the risk of rainfall-induced flooding is normal. We'll continue to monitor the conditions in the basin and we'll make any necessary release adjustments as the spring unfolds. And one last thing. Our spring public meetings will be held April 8th through April 11th throughout the basin. We're working out the final details now, and once the arrangements are finalized, we'll issue a press release with the details. We expect that to occur within the next week. So that concludes my report. Monique? Thank you, Jody. Just a reminder to everyone that these calls are recorded in their entirety and they can be retrieved by no later than close of business today. We will now take questions by state for the Corps, Doug Cluck with NOAA, and Kevin Lau with the National Weather Service. Just a reminder to press star six to come off mute if you have a question. Today we will begin with the state of Montana. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of North Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. It is star six to come off mute. North Dakota Hi. State EOC has no questions. Uh, I'm Barbara Sharp with KX News CBS in Bismarck. I have one question. Okay, I'm sorry. It's Barbara Sharp, and then what was the news station, please? KX News CBS in Bismarck, North Dakota. Okay. okay. Your question? Yeah, I have a question for Kevin if uh, he can speak uh, generally or specifically as to the potential for flooding in the Bismarck area. Kevin Lau, are you still on the line? It's star six to come off mute. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, hello, Barb. Um, hello. We don't forecast uh, Bismarck, so I, I would say, though, that based on the tributary uh, flow into the main stem, that uh, flooding is uh, uh, the risk for flooding is reduced. Now, uh, there is the chance for for ice jam flooding there. Um, I think that is um, um, always a potential. But from just uh, tributary inflow, I would say it's reduced from normal. Thank you. And this is Jody Farhat. Um, we have a web camera at the Bismarck Gauge, and uh, we've been seeing for the last few days that the river appears to be open there in the Bismarck area. So um, that would indicate that our risk of that ice jam flooding is reduced. And we're not sure if the entire reach is free of ice, but uh, they're right to Bismarck, it appears to be. Uh, Jody, this is Bruce Engelar with North Dakota Water Commission, and yeah, we sent people out, and the river's pretty well ice-free down to about Grainer Bottoms, so you know we're we're not too worried about ice jams this year unless we get enough back to real cold weather. Okay, thanks very much, Bruce, for that good local information. Thank you, Barbara. Do you have any additional questions? No, I don't. How do I get back onto mute? Um, you just press star six. Okay, thank you. 
Okay, any additional questions from state of North Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Okay, moving to state of South Dakota. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Hi, this is Tony Mangan at KCCR Radio in Pierre. Hi, Jody. Monique, how are you? Um, Jody, just a question. The the conservation or the what you're trying to do to keep keep water up for the fish spawn and 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 then release as you need to is this different? Are some of these methods that you're doing are these any different than what you have used in past dry years? Uh, good question, Tony. In essence, uh, all of these drought conservation measures are the same ones we've implemented in the past. Um, <clears throat> I will note that in our last drought that began in 2000 and ended in 2007 or, 2007 or 2008, depending on where you are, we were operating under our old master manual for, until 2004. So um, as droughts go, we're implementing these drought conservation measures um, quicker than we did during the previous drought. Um, in terms of our operation during the forged fish spawn, we did have a change in that uh, planned regulation between our draft and final annual operating plan, and that was the result of a recommendation from the state game and fish uh, folks who recommended that rather than keeping uh, garrison reservoir rising during the forage fish spawn, that we put our focus on Oahe. So um, again, it's, it's a normal operation to be <clears throat> providing a rising reservoir during the fish spawn, but this year we did make that adjustment to focus on Oahe. From that standpoint, then, obviously you're going to have the water up uh, higher, perhaps, in Oahe than you've had, you know, you know, this spring, maybe, what, April, May? And then are you going to start to decrease if decrease the level again later in the year, depending on what the conditions are? Right. Our, our plan is to try to adjust the releases out of Garrison and Oahe to the extent we can to keep your reservoir <clears throat> uh, at Oahe steady to rising. Um, based on the current snowpack, we don't think it's going to rise much. We'll be lucky if it stays steady because we just don't have very much inflow coming in. Um, and then, as usually happens, Oahe will drop through the uh, main part of the summer and uh, reach its minimum, you know, at, I don't know, September, October, something like that. And then it rises generally over the winter period. And, and you know how it is, Jody. Here, every time you uh, lower the the reservoir, there's always concern about the recreational, you know, boating, whatever they use besides irrigation. Is, is that a concern, or is there going to be enough water to deal with all of those, all of those needs, even if you have to drop it? Yeah. Well, the way we view it, there's always lots of water. Sometimes we end up with access problems. Um, the reservoirs are still uh, very, uh, you know, 20 to 25 feet above the minimums that were reached during the previous drought. And a lot of the adjustments that were made during the two previous droughts, for example, extending boat ramps and making adjustments to some of the water intakes, those uh, features are still there. So as the reservoir falls, you know, they may have to go in, the state or the Corps, depending on who owns the boat ramp, and clean off some of those low-elevation boat ramps. 
but we believe that there'll still be good recreation access this summer and still plenty of water, uh, you know, in order to provide recreation and irrigation. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Tony. Do we have any additional questions from anyone from the state of South Dakota, congressional delegation, members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Hi, Monique. This is Nathan Johnson with the Yankton Daily Press in Dakota. How are you, uh, Nathan? Good. Uh, you said you had an expert on there about the spillway flow test, and I was curious how that process is going and what you're hoping to find today. Sure. It's John Bertino, and I'll spell it for you. His last name, uh, first name is John Common Spelling. Last name is Bertino. B, E is in Edward, R, T is in Tony, I, N is in Nancy, O. And, John, if you're on the line, if you can press star six to respond to Nathan's question. Yeah. Can you hear me, Monique? Yes. Nathan, this is John Bertino, as Monique said, and... Uh, we are conducting the uh, spillway flow test here at uh, Gavin's Point today. Um, we're about halfway through and everything looks like it's going well. Uh, the instrumentation that we installed about a week ago looks like it's responding well and it looks like we're getting some good data. And what will this help you do? I know you're still in the process of doing repairs to the spillway. Yeah, um, at, at Gavin's, really, we're, we're doing some repairs, and we're still trying to determine uh, just the extent and the magnitude of uh, some of the damages that occurred due to the 2011 flood. So this will give us another piece of information, another piece of data to help us determine uh, exactly what we think has occurred as far as damages and then what we need to do uh, to rehabilitate it. And is there a timeline for that plan, establishing that plan? This is Steve Butler, um, and I, I'm a co-worker with Mr. Bertino. And Steve, would you would you mind giving Nathan your position title, please? Yeah, it's uh, Chief of Soils B Section and Geotechnical Branch. Okay. And uh, could you repeat the question, please? Yeah, I was just curious if there's a timeline uh, as far as when you'll have this work repair plan finished and, and when that work may be done then. Well, the the interim testing that we're doing right now will be completed in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're also doing some ground penetrating radar. We've done that, and that needs to come to a point of completion. And once we have all that data together, we'll... Uh, We'll take a look and, and see what we think the conditions are beneath the slab. And at that point, it could, we're, we're going to have to determine whether we need to get additional data or perform, uh, perform some additional studies to verify whether what we're going to do as far as the repairs we're currently doing are sufficient or we're going to have to go forward with a, a more elaborate set of repairs. Um, there, so there's not a specific point in time that I can say this will be completed at this point. Okay, thank you very much for your help. Thanks, Nathan, for your question. Do we have anyone else on with the state of um, South Dakota with questions? Congressional delegation, members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Okay, moving to state of Missouri. Congressional delegation, members, state officials, local government, or press with questions? It's star six to come off mute.
State of Iowa. Jody, this is Marshall sorry. White. Back, oh, back, I'm back. sorry, Marshall. Hi, Marshall. Sorry to... Just got it unmuted. This is Jessica Machetta with Missouri Net. I have a, um, just a fast question, and then we can move on. Okay, Jessica. Okay. Jessica, just just one moment. Can we? We're going to answer Marshall White's question, and then we'll come right back to you. Okay. Jessica, can go, Jessica can go ahead. I'll listen. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead. I'll be I'll be fast. Um, Jessica, you know, I need your last name. It's Machetta. M a c h e t t a. Okay, and then you were with Missouri Net. Correct. Okay. And um. You know, looking at how we are still recovering, as as has been the point here from last year's drought, uh, how is this going to, as we're still playing catch-up, trying to get up to, you know, navigation standards in, uh, along the Missouri and um, as it runs into the Mississippi, do you have any idea um, with conservation efforts looking like they're still going to have to be underway when we might get back up to full navigation? Sure. Uh, Jessica, the navigation flow support is based on the volume of water stored in the reservoir system. Um, so, you know, really our uh, movement to minimum service isn't related to, you know, the flood or the repairs or the Mississippi River. It's, it's because we're um, being impacted by drought. So um, basically what has to happen is we need to have a good runoff into the reservoir system that allows those reservoirs to refill and then we'll move back towards the full-service navigation. And full-service navigation uh, is at nine feet, and according to your release, we're um, currently at eight feet. Is that right? Right. Uh, full-service navigation is designed to provide a nine-foot deep by 300-foot wide navigation channel. Uh, when we go into periods of drought, we reduce our flow support um, and then if we get to minimum service, that would provide an 8-foot deep by 200-foot wide navigation channel. And what this means is that the, the folks that are operating towboats on the Missouri River have to load those boats about a foot lighter than they would otherwise. Okay. And uh, according to what the, uh, the guys from NOAA and WS said earlier, it's, we're still sort of in a wait-and-see pattern as far as the next couple of months and the amount of precipitation. Right. And our forecast right now is for 80% of normal runoff. Um, and so with that sort of runoff, we're not going to uh, make any headway this year even on beginning to refill. Now, if the situation turns around and we uh, get much more runoff than we're currently predicting, uh, then we will make some headway to refill. Um, but, the, you know, one of the challenges we have is, you know, the soil conditions are so dry that even if we would go back to normal precipitation for the remainder of this year, our runoff isn't going to be normal because of the dry soils. So, uh, you know, we have a ways to go before we would start seeing some improvement in the reservoir levels. Okay. Uh, thank you. Is this Monique or is this Jody? This is Jody. Jody for our and she and her um, her uh, bio is in the press kit. Yes, I've got that. Thank you. Okay. Thank okay. you, Jessica. Marshall. <laughs> okay. Um, this time last month, I was talking with Monique about the studies on Gavin's Point, and I did not get any indication at that time that we were still going to be doing studies at this time. And I'm wondering if we have found something that necessitated all this work. Uh, and that there's anything that we need to be concerned about with Gavin's point. 
John, it's star six to come off mute. Hey, Marshall, this is John Bertino. Um, you know, we've we've been really we've been studying and evaluating um, Gavin's point since after the flood was you know just over. Um, Gavin's point is kind of a unique spillway in that you know it's it's submerged most of the time. So trying to to evaluate that structure is a little more difficult than it is you know some of the other structures upriver. Um, so you know we just we've gone through our kind of our normal process. You know we started out with visual inspections, uh, then we went to uh, dive inspections. Um, we did some site site scan sonar, all trying to get you know information about what the condition and what the flood did as far as damages to that structure. So this is we're just stepping through kind of our normal process to gather information. Then at that point, you know, when we finish one of those efforts, then we evaluate it and then decide what we're going to do next. So that's kind of the, the battle rhythm that we're in right now, Marshall. Well, I know you don't want to say anything, but I'm, I'm still hearing concerns here. Um, it seems like we're going a lot further with the studies than we originally intended. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I would say that, Marshall. Um, you know, as the dam safety officer in Omaha District, I'm concerned on all the, the dams, um, and I think all we're doing here is we're just doing our due diligence to make sure that you know we have identified all the damages um, that have occurred to the to any of the structures really that sustained. Uh, those high flows in 2011. Um, so we're just doing our due diligence to make sure that we understand what the condition is, and if we come across something um, that has been damaged in that structure that we need to repair, that's what we need to focus our efforts on, and that's what we're trying to do. Well, if I'm hearing you correctly, you've already done uh, uh, sonar scans. Right. Did those sonar scans identify problem areas? You know, what they did is they identified potential anomalies, and those anomalies could be potential um, problem areas. So what, what we've done since then is we've gotten, um, you know, a drill rig out there. We've cored through the slabs um, and into that subsurface uh, material, to determine whether or not those were indeed voids or not. Um, and we, we've identified some voids um, due to that effort, and now we're just we're stepping through the process to make sure that we've identified everything that's of concern to us uh, beneath that slab. Am I correct that Gavin's Point is a unique type of dam in the dam system on the Missouri River? Um, they're all unique, Marshall. Do you know, can you be a little more specific? Um, well, what, what type of a dam do you officially call Gavin's Point, the style that it was built in? It's a rolled earth compacted embankment, uh, which all but Fort Peck 
um, were constructed that same way. It's it's unique in that, um, you know, the ways that we release water out of Gavin's Point is our house or through the spillway. Uh, it does not have a, a set of flood tunnels uh, like some of the other main stems do. Okay. Um, and I did hear that the, the sonar scans and core samples have identified potential areas of where void anomalies exist. Correct. All right. At this point, you're not ready to say that there are structural failures there? No. In fact, uh, I would say there's nothing really visual at the surface that says there's any kind of structural issues at all. Through our visual inspections and through the, uh, the sonar, um, we have no indication of that. But if, if the surface was fine, it's obvious that with a dam like this, you can't just accept the surface. You have to go below the surface. Yeah, that, that's why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. And again, there is no time limit on how long this is going to take to study. Well, you know, obviously there's a time limit, um, but it, it really kind of depends on what we find. You know, obviously, you know, we're running a flow test today. Uh, we get that information and we compile it with all the previous information that we've gathered. And, um, you know, if there's no big ticket kind of issues, um, the schedule's going to be a lot shorter. If we find something that really is going to take a lot of effort, um, then obviously the schedule is going to take a little longer. But you have said a few minutes ago that you did find uh, void anomalies after you did uh, side sonar, and those were confirmed. Some of those were confirmed by core samples. Yes. I, I and I'll. I'll tell you, let me just explain those a little bit. Those aren't real big void. I mean, they're in that, in that frost blanket material right beneath the, um, the uh, bottom of the slab. Um, we're not real concerned about those at this time. I'm writing. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, I'll accept that for now. Marshall, um, if, you need a, if you need additional information on it, we could try to set up something offline, too. I appreciate that. I think we're fine for right now, but okay. I'll, be, I'll be very concerned next month. Okay, Marshall, this is Jody. I just want to add to what John said and say that we don't have any operating restrictions right. at Gavin's Point at this time. Um, you know, we have... We are able to use that spillway if we need to. So um, just to put that in perspective in terms of the water management side. Is there more than one spillway for Gavin's Point? Nope, just the one. And if we need to use it, we will. All right. And I, I assumed that that is what you were testing today. Yes. yes. Yeah. We have a power plant there, and our releases normally go through the power plant. Right, but, but you're going to test the spillway flow today. That's going on right now. Okay. All right. Yep. And 
I was looking. I didn't see it in the press release. It's probably there, and I just missed it. But April 1st, what do we expect uh, the river to be at below Gavin's Point? Um, what we'll be doing is making releases to meet minimum service navigation targets. Right. That would be a 35,000 uh, flow at Kansas City. We don't have a target right there at St. Joe, but... No, I was I was more concerned with CFS at uh, Gavin's Point yeah. by well, April April first. What it really will depend on is what the tributaries are doing. Our forecast today showed that we'd have to release around twenty three thousand or twenty three thousand five hundred to meet those targets. But if we get more rain or if we get some of the snow melt, that right. number will be. But adjusted. it's acceptable to say that you're anticipating right now, unless conditions change. That you're going to be by April first, you're going to be releasing twenty three five at Gavin's Point. Yeah, and it'll actually be before April first. I think we get there um, by late next week. Twenty first is our by the twenty first because March twenty first get all the way. Yeah, the sure. I understand the flows have to get all the way downstream. Okay, that's all the questions I have today. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Marshall. And give me a call if you if you want to follow up on the on the spillway test. Um, do we have anyone else from the state of Missouri, um, congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, press, with questions? Okay, moving to the state of Iowa. Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press? Hi, this is Kim Wilson with KTIV in Sioux City, Iowa. How are you guys? Hi, Kim. We're good. Good. Hey, my question is pretty simple, but um, is there anybody that can speak generally to will we see is there any anticipation to see flooding um around you know our our area that um northeast nebraska northwest iowa southeast south dakota area um this spring and summer kevin lau if you're still on if you could press star six and answer kim wilson's question with ktiv hi miss wilson this is kevin uh, we do expect flooding in the uh, Big Sioux basins and and, uh, and the Little Sioux basin, and we already have. Um, and probably convection will drive uh, flooding even in some of the smaller tribs like the Nishtabotna and so forth um, above Kansas City. So that's you know the normal whatever floods do to convection in a typical year, probably will flood again. So, um, in, the, in the lower portion of the basin. Does that, does that help answer the question? Yes, it does. Thank you very much, Kevin. Okay. And again, we have uh, both the Little Sioux Basin and the Big Sioux Basin had a few locations this weekend that went into flood. Um, Rock Rapids, I believe, was one of those. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thanks, Kim. Um, do we have any additional questions from anyone with the state of Iowa? Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press? Is star six to come off mute? This is Marjorie Beck with the Associated Press. Can you hear I'm me? sorry, could you repeat your, your first name? Yes, it's Marjorie, and my last name is Beck. Beck, okay. Yes. And uh, I have a, a few questions. I just want to understand make sure that I understand everything that was talked about earlier. It's my understanding that the releases are going to begin 
from Gavin's Point next week, starting on the 18th. Is that correct? That's correct. And and that will increase by something like 3,000 uh, cubic feet per second until you, I guess, reach whatever flow you need to get to the 8-foot deep by 200-foot wide navigation channel. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And... Um, did I also understand that based on um, rainfall and, and whether, well, let me put it this way. Someone, I think, said that the navigation season could be shortened this year by 27 days. Was that based on whether the drought continues or worsens? Or? Right. Yeah. Um, our What we call our basic forecast right now is, you know, based on the runoff forecast that we're expecting, looking at the current snowpack and soil moisture conditions, we're anticipating about four days of navigation service. But if we get much less runoff and things really dry out, uh, our lower basic study indicates that the navigation season could be shortened by as much as 27 days. Okay. And how would that happen? Just um, toward the end of the season, if it's if it's really bad, at some point you right. say, okay, we're just going to have to cut this off. Um, actually, the decision is made on the 1st of July based on the volume of water stored in the Maystem Reservoir System. Okay. And all of the shortening occurs at the end of the navigation season. So typically we provide flow support for navigation until the 1st of December at the mouth. And so we would start... Uh, reducing days from there, backing up into November, depending on what that storage check on the 1st of July tells us. Okay. Uh, looking at, at reservoirs and those feeding the Missouri River? Yes, the, the six main stem reservoirs. Okay. Um, and did I also understand that um, the drought seems to have eased everywhere? I mean, clearly there's still some drought going on, but it's my understanding that his eased up a bit? Uh, you know, I think we still have some areas of extreme and exceptional drought to our basin, areas that really haven't seen much improvement. Uh, but the latest drought outlook does indicate that we would expect to see continued improvement in parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Western Iowa. Um, and some of those areas have gotten, you know, a little bit uh, better precip over the last month or so than we've seen previously. Right. And and what's the forecasted um, precipitation for the next coming, uh, well, for the spring? Yeah, well, that's, Doug Cluck covered that in his presentation, and he has some graphics that are included in the press kit. Um, if you want, we can, Doug, do you want to go over those again? Yeah, generally, there is not a strong emphasis on above or below or even near normal for that matter. So it could be any of the three. Okay. That that is that is sort of uh our our the best guess we have right now. I know that doesn't tell you a lot, but uh, uh Is that based on any particular weather pattern that's happening now or or as the reason you can't really guess? That's correct. Uh, we're really not um able to key on any strong climate signal. Is the best way to say that. Okay. That would help us sort of uh, narrow that down. Of course, of course, as time goes on, we'll be able to do a little bit better in the short, shorter range periods. Okay, great. Um, 
And my, my last question is whether the Corps has been getting um, a lot of calls, pressure from uh, congress congressional representatives, the navigation industry, those kinds of things, as far as this coming release. With regard to what? I'm sorry, I didn't With regard that. to the, the, the release that's uh, planned later this month through the spring, has there been any pressure on the Corps to, to do this one way or the other? No. Um, you know, there was some chatter over the winter uh, regarding the impacts of our non-navigation season, you know, over the winter, the impacts of that on the Mississippi River. But I think uh, folks are happy that we're coming up to support navigation, even at the minimum service level. Okay. So they're not complaining to you, saying we really need that nine feet? No. Okay. That's all I had. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marjorie. Do we have any additional questions with anyone from the state of Iowa? <clears throat> Excuse me. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? Okay, well then let's move to the state of Kansas. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? It's star six to come off mute. State of Wyoming? Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? State of Nebraska? Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press? It's star six to unmute your phone. Do we have any national press on the line with us today? Do we have any final questions before we end today's call? Okay, with that, then we will host our next call. Um, initially, we had a call tentatively scheduled for April 9th. We um, have made the decision to push that call back to May 14th because it, will, it would have taken place during the same week uh, as we will hold our annual operating plan meetings. And as Jody mentioned earlier, those are scheduled to take place April 8th through April 11th with additional details to follow. So again, that next call is now scheduled for Tuesday, May 14th at 1 p.m. Central Time unless conditions change. And if they do, we will notify you all that a special call um, will be put into place. An updated media advisory will be distributed as a reminder of the May 14th call. We would like to thank you all for participating on today's call. We are now adjourned. <laughs>